0: From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: Welcome to the Datebook Podcast. I'm San Francisco Chronicle pop culture critic Peter Hartlob, here with Chronicle movie critic Mick LaSalle. Welcome, sir.
0: Oh, thank you very much. It's good to be with you.
1: Yeah. Welcome back from Venice. I always know you're in Venice because I get like really great movies. Like I get, <laughs> I get like Arrival. I got It Chapter 2 this year.
0: I've been doing uh, panels at Venice uh, on and off since 2006, but I don't go every year um, because a lot of times, I mean, it's... It's it's a little bit like a busman's holiday, you know, and and so, it, I find myself I, I, I you know go, I'm going, I go on vacation and then, I go to Venice and next thing I know I'm rushing to see movies and I start feeling like. Hey, I could do this at home, you know
1: It seems like you see more movies in Venice than when you're here sometimes.
0: Well in a way yeah, that is true. Uh, although I also the other thing that makes me kind of unsuited to film festivals in a way, although I do like going there, is that um, there's some people they're able to sit down and watch four movies in a row. Some of them can do five in a row and I can't I can't I can't do it. I, I'd say, I mean, three would be really pushing it, and most days just two. I just, it, not only that, but after three, I don't like anything. I start thinking that the movie's bad, and then it's not. It's just because it's just too much. So anyway, yeah, so I've been doing it since, on and off since 2006. I probably do it about two-thirds of the time.
1: Yeah. Well, we're very happy to have you back. I would have Thank loved you. to hear your take on Rambo 4. I oh, had to jump yeah. on that grenade for you. I would have loved to
0: see that. Actually, I would have liked writing <laughs> have, that one. Yeah. I, would
1: have, I would have loved your review. Leba <laughs> uh, Hertz returns as well. Welcome back to Liba. And uh, you guys are going to talk about Judy, the Joker. You got a lot of good stuff this time. A um, little bit about uh, the Oscars. I wanna warn there are some light spoilers and maybe heavy spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but hopefully people have seen it by I now. hope so, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So if you hear us you know, just 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 you know, just cover your ears <laughs> for a bit.
1: Datebook Podcast, thanks for listening. Well, hello,
0: everybody. This is Mick LaSalle, and welcome to Movies with Mick LaSalle. And I am here with my editor, Liba Hertz. Today, we are going to be talking about a number of movies. We're back from vacation, Liba. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, Joker. We're going to be talking about Judy, uh, some other movies. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about uh, one of the things well I did on my vacation, <laughs> I, actually it's it's not really like vacation because I am working what that part of it. What did you do on vacation? Well, I was at the Venice Film Festival for a bit and um ah, and so Venice. I saw some yeah. <laughs> and I saw some I saw some good things. I, I I didn't see anything you know last year. Last year to just talk a little bit about last year. I was at the festival and I saw two things I just fell in love with. I mean, it just it was it was just amazing. I saw Star is Born, which I didn't think was the greatest movie in the world, but I loved it. I just loved it. And it came at the end of a, it was also at the end of a magical night. That's part of it. I was, I was having dinner, we had to walk. My friend's just like amazing as far as like finding places in Venice. Because you know how you're walking yes, in Venice, you, get, you can't you find can't anything. You
2: can't find yourself. As if you're by yourself, yeah. it's the most horrible experience Especially,
0: Especially in St. Mark's and St. Paolo. There's some parts of Venice that are a little bit no, easier. No, but if you get
2: lost by yourself, it's the most horrible experience. It's pretty. With, if you get lost with France, it's actually fun. It's
0: part of the thing. But well, yeah. we, we didn't have any time. We had to get to the movie. We had tickets, uh-huh. but now we had to make our way back to the movie. And as we're walking it suddenly is a complete, total downpour, just out of nowhere. And uh, so we just get there. And, but I don't, you know, amazingly, Venice, what happens is it, as soon as it starts raining, guys show, guys show up on every street corner selling umbrellas, <laughs> like everywhere, for five euros. They don't mm-hmm. even try to really you know, soak you for it. And, um, <laughs> and so yeah, I know. And so uh, we went to the theater. And, you know, it's like just got there two minutes before it starts. The movie starts. And it was just wonderful, especially the beginning of it. And uh, then Part, I saw... Part
2: 2 has its issues. Part
0: 2 does have its issues. And, uh, and then a few days later, I saw Vox Lux, and that was amazing. So there was nothing like that kind of experience for this one. Uh, the movies were, you know, I so said things were pretty good, good, very good. But I guess the most notable one is... Um, Joker. Th- yeah, Joker. Um,
2: Surprisingly, because it's a Marvel movie, and... But instead, it's getting like this critical response rather than this, like you know, and it's gonna, it's, it's not only gonna blow off up at the box office, it's also, it, it, it I'd be shocked if he's not nominated for an Oscar, and I haven't even seen the movie. Oh, you haven't yet. seen it? Okay.
0: So. Well, I've seen it, and I'd be surprised if he wasn't nominated for an Oscar too. This is a weird. I, this was a weird experience seeing the movie because I, I saw this movie not under the usual circumstances. I saw it in the same theater that I saw this. Is, this is the theater. This is the theater that's in St. Mark's. It's not part of the Venice Film Festival. but they do, this because I was staying in St. Mark's. One of the things that they do, actually Costello, which is above St. Mark's.
2: Can I just say something about yeah. St. Mark's really quick to explain St. Mark's? Is you have to see Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, because there's a big scene that takes place in in St. Mark's Square in Venice. So if you remember that scene where he actually pops up and says, ah, Venice, that's St. Mark's Square. Okay, okay, and it's also, so, so. and if
0: you've seen Bloom in Love, that's another one, and St. Mark. well, I wasn't staying, you know, St. Mark's Square, you don't want to, I don't want to be near there. I wasn't staying in Costello, which is kind of a neighborhood, but the theater is in St. Mark's, and, and I, I, you know, walk there, and so I saw Joker, with a mostly european audience because most americans they don't go to the movies when they're in venice they don't even think about it and uh, it was it's a it's a it's a weird it's a weird movie to see in a nice peaceful beautiful play old place because it looks like every bit of american neurosis and paranoia just opened for the world to look at and um he, I have to say to to uh, to uh, the you know, the credit of Joaquin Phoenix, who I wasn't particularly looking forward to seeing in this role because I thought it was going to be all shtick. Well, it is kind of it's not shtick, but it, I mean it's a very idiosyncratic performance. But he's terrifying. I mean he really is. He he is the the dangerous maniac out of Nightmare. And I'd have to say the the scariest maniac I've seen in a movie in many years, maybe. I mean, he's right up there with like Anthony Perkins or something in Psycho. I mean, he's just scary because he looks like he's unreachable, you know, and and it's just nuts. I think the movie, when I saw it, I said, really, you know, they got to make this thing? Really? This is I mean, it's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Not great. There's some doldrums in there because in a movie like this, it's hard to have a second act. I mean, you establish a guy's a complete maniac and then you know how it ends. The, the middle is just about a matter of filling out stuff. And some of it is feels like filler and some of it doesn't. Um, but, you know, we know the last time there was a Joker movie and what happened. And this movie really is all about, you know, kind of a, a, a loner and a... Uh, I mean, a guy who just fits the pattern of of some kind of mass murderer, and it's just, I just think the you know this is not a movie that the world needed, but I can't say that it's not good because it is. It's actually very good.
2: I'm I'm just wondering about um, whether you agree or disagree with. There's a bunch of protests going on, especially out of Aurora. Um, that's where the horrible shooting occurred, where the killer was inspired by the, the last Joker movie, and they, they're they protesting the release of this movie. Um, well, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think that, that uh, Todd Phillips has the right to make any movie he wants, but people also have a right to react to that movie in any way they want. The First Amendment extends to, to the people in Aurora as well. I heard from my mother, ta- my mother told me that she heard on the news that in movie theaters in New York, at every movie theater that this movie's showing, there's going to be a cop there. I don't know if it's going to be a plainclothes cop or, uh, or a, a uniform cop. So this is, you know, people are taking this seriously. I, I, sympathize, I sympathize with that point of view because while I, I, I absolutely has the right to make any movie he wants, he's going to make a lot of money. I can't help but look at this movie as, as, a, as a cynically made product. I mean, you don't you don't sit around and say, "I'm going to make a movie about the Joker," because it's it's something, it's a story that you absolutely need to tell and that you've been wanting to tell your whole life. This is this is just a a, a commercial, a uh, commercial effort that's done better than most. So, you know, I no, I don't, I don't, uh, I sympathize with the people in Aurora. Absolutely, yeah, I it, absolutely sympathize yeah, with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: really interesting because it looks like the Academy Awards if I was going to guess today, which I'm going to guess today, obviously, <laughs> yes, you I would are. say the competition is going to be between the Joker and Mr. Rogers, in which uh, Tom Hanks is actually playing Mr. Rogers and already getting early buzz of uh, Oscar nomination as well. Well, I, it's a yeah, of, I, I
0: think, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Mr. Rogers. I mean, it's, mm. it's kind of funny because they're both, in a way, both movies are in response to the same thing. They're in response to an idea that there's something really wrong going on here at this world. And and as a result, you do a movie about how there's something really wrong going on here, or you make a movie about Mr. Rogers because Mr. Rogers makes everybody feel good. Um, and I don't know which way the Academy is going to go. And, and, of course, there are other choices. Do you know like what's coming out that you think might be Adam Driver maybe in the report? Or- That's
2: one. Um, I think there's also, believe it or not, not the Bond movie, but there's a movie with um, Daniel Craig that got rave reviews. Do um, you remember what the, it's called? I think it's a robbery movie. Yeah, and so maybe Daniel Craig. Well,
0: um, I, you know, and also, I mean,
2: you can't deny Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, that
0: that would be one. But
2: but who gets the best actor? And I think it's Joaquin Phoenix has got to be what I'm reading. It's got to be the the odds-on favorite right now.
0: Uh, Okay, that no, I would say. I would say that the star of the movie is Brad Pitt. Once upon... I mean, I think
2: they're better of putting up for supporting and I think he would win supporting. He
0: would win supporting for sure, but I don't think he is supporting. I mean, he is in the subordinate position of, of those two guys. But if you look at it, he has the best sequence in the movie. Oh, absolutely. That whole thing where he goes yeah. to the Manson family compound is one of the best scenes, extended mm-hmm. scenes in, in any movie yeah. in 2019. Yeah. Um, he also is the one that Confronts the Manson family in the climax, or actually, they stumble upon him. But he he fights the Manson family off more than mm. that. You know, although although uh, there is the the uh, blowtorch incident involving uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which I think is the most hilarious thing in a movie this year. <laughs> I really do. I think it's the most pure and for pure absolute delight and making people happy to bring happiness to the world. That blowtorch just is. Absolutely, just the but, most but wonderful
2: thing. Also, I also found the ending so depressing only because... It's supposed to be. No, it is. Yeah. I mean, but um, yeah. nobody, but nobody plays white trash better than Brad Pitt in a Quentin Tarantino movie.
0: He's really, yeah. I if mean, he's, he
2: really, I don't know if it's Tarantino or it's just Brad Pitt can just pick it up in those, but I usually go see him. I mean, the movie Ad Astra, I just wanted to say, get him off the screen, uh, but this movie, you just like, mesmerized by his performance and even DiCaprio who you know I'm not a big fan of was actually terrific no he, he terrific was terrific
0: no I'd say that the, they're going to position Brad Pitt for best actor uh, and this is why first of all I think even though I think it's both of them they're going to have to decide unless they want them both to lose like like Th- Dustin Hoffman and John Voight for you know whatever Midnight that Cow- was Midnight Cowboy yeah Midnight Cowboy so okay so you have to choose between the two of them so who are you going to choose you're going to choose you're going to position you're going to Position DiCaprio, who just won a few years ago for Revenant, who can't win because he can't win because he just won for Revenant. Or are you going to position uh, Brad Pitt? But I think they. I think they're going to go with Brad Pitt.
2: But I think if you put Brad Pitt, he's not going to win. Well, I mean, right off the bat, you got you got Phoenix and Hanks. Okay, right off there, I, the I don't
0: end. think it'll be Hanks, if it's because if, if it's versus if it's if it's Phoenix versus Hanks, and I haven't seen Hanks yeah. yet. I think Phoenix is going to win just because mm-hmm. he has a lot of the things going for him. He, he's playing, you know, it's a chameleonic performance. He is, I think he's in his 40s still. Maybe his early 50s, but it's prime age for winning. Uh, he has never won before. Yeah. That'll help. He's been nominated before, or has he? Has he ever been nominated Phoenix, for Best? I think
2: he has been. Yeah. I think for supporting. Well, supporting. What is that the Master, I think? Gladiator. The Master, I think. Master, Gladiator, I think. Oh, it been, Gladi- okay. I think the Master, that won like the, uh, what, that, Director, I don't like movies.
0: Uh, uh, P.T.A. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... I will, well, okay, also, we're getting, we're I getting also, way ahead of ourselves with this.
2: But we are going to lead into the odds on favorite, whether you like it or not, Yeah. Or best actress well, is...
0: Well, we are going to lead to that, but I just want to put a button on the Joker thing, mm-hmm. just tell people mm-hmm. about the movie since we I started talking about... We started talking about the Aurora aspect mm-hmm. of it. It's... Um, it's it's a it depicts it's a it's set in Gotham City basically in the 1970s but it's really about the United States now and it's a vision of the United States it's not exactly accurate but it's a vision of fantasy in terms of our our, our paranoia so it's a I think in a way I think it's kind of culturally sociologically irresponsible too in the way that it depicts the United States is like it's like everybody is rich is exploiting everybody poor and there's going to be a revolution and all this I mean this is like you know, it's just this, this ugly vision of the country and an ugly vision of the city. But, and it's even, you know, it's, only, it's even not particularly nice to mentally ill people in a way. Because, you know, they, they did this study and they said that most, that mentally ill people, like really people who are really pretty mentally ill, are as about as violent as the general population. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And, though... They are more likely to become victims of violence than people in the general population. I mean, look—you could—you wind up offending anybody if you do any make any kind make any kind yeah. of story. But I'm just saying it's just part of the general tenor of this movie. It's, it's not doesn't this movie if if movies could be citizens, this would be like a bad citizen. You know, I mean, it may incite violence. It it prevents it, it presents a kind of paranoid vision that kind of feeds whatever the paranoia is out there. And it's not even nice to people who are. Kind of crazy. All the same, I think it's a good movie. So you know, you might want to check it out when it's on video. I I, I, I would not go to the movies to see this. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't even. I don't. I mean, that I, might I affect have to your admit box office. It's
2: just, like, and you know, I like that genre. Yeah. Not that genre specific, but this one, just watching the coming attraction I'm going to have to see it. Yeah. For for you yeah. know for critics voting, but boy, I also. Don't want to see it. I mean, yeah, in a theater. In a theater, yeah. I mean, I don't want to see in a theater. I know I'm going to be seeing Academy screenings. but Oh, that'll be
0: fun. No, you watch that, you know, but I, I just wonder if this might affect some people. Well, they, you know, might make people, may, might make it, like feeling like you're doing something dangerous that's not very dangerous. Mm-hmm. May actually be fun for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it always is a little bit fun to do yeah. something that you feel like it's dangerous, but you know it's probably not really. That's how I feel about mm-hmm. flying. I'm always nervous on a plane, but I, I kind of excited by it because I'm not really worried about. I'm glad it.
2: you're excited about it because I'm I'm not. As, I'm you like know? in takeoff. It's you don't even bother talking to me. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't well, don't j- count. Think about Just it. count.
0: Do the count to a thousand.
2: You count. I do one Mississippi, two Mississippi, to like hundred twenty.
0: No, no, go go over to a thousand. By the time you're at, you're, you're you're. Oh, retreat, you hear that ding? You down. hear the
2: the famous ding? The ding is the a ding good one. The ding is a good one. No, the flight attendants get up and you go. Oh,
0: I feel that way, too. That yeah. was that was yeah. definitely... Had, yeah, The Ding oh, is good. good. I love The Ding. Good. The Ding yeah. is no, good. No, The Ding. We like The Ding. Okay, now ask me about the thing you wanted to ask me about. I was going to say... forgot what is, it was. we
2: were talking about the men. Now we're getting to the women. And whether I like it or not, or whether you like it or not, uh, the odds and favor is going to be uh, a big comeback for Renee Zellweger playing uh, Judy Garland.
0: Yes. This one, this is also, you know, my review, this is doing very, very well, doing mm-hmm. very well online, uh, right next to my Darkest Minds review, which is still doing well you know, believe it or not <laughs> Darkest Minds is like amazing
2: what was that movie it was like it where, was last year I gave it like, I gave it a
0: perfunctory bad review that's right it got a, it got 18,000 hits in the last month I don't yeah. understand
2: I remember that
0: it's crazy yeah. I don't know what site it's on I, I don't know there's something about Darkest Minds
2: maybe Drudge
0: <laughs> I don't know I don't know but I want to find out like uh. who who adopted Darkest Minds and just beg them to put you know all my articles yeah. on whatever site it's on, because it's really crazy. I remember
2: that too. I remember because I was still um, you know I was yeah. still working there. And I yeah. never go, Darkest Minds is like, just just keep tweeting that thing out. It hasn't <laughs>
0: stopped. It has not stopped. Anyway, Judy. Yeah. Judy, uh, I, I, w- I don't know <laughs> okay, I don't know if I think Renee Zellweger was really good in her performance because she was really, really good in her performance or because it's just that when she stopped singing the pain stopped. And I was so grateful that she stopped singing that I was willing to say wow she's great in this movie. I really don't know, but I was I I decided that she was good because that's what we do around here. We have to like we have to actually decide things even when we're not so sure because it's like okay, I guess I think this I'm not so sure how good she is. It's one of those chameleonic things. What I, do you think, Lee? I had it. three things to say. It you was, saw it. This I is saw great. I okay. saw the
2: movie. Um, when she sings, and, and Wag said to me, and, and after he said it, I said, hey, I think you got something there. Wag said he thought he was watching an SNL skit. And remember, this was based on. You the were
0: the first person outside of England to call anybody a wag.
2: A wag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a
0: wag. A wag. That's like a. A, 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 it's a great a, word it's a witty person w- a witty person who says something droll
2: right exactly a wag a wag a wag <laughs> All right. Remember, this was a broadway show that got bad reviews except for the actress who played judy who either was nominated or won the tony definitely won the olivier award but the show itself got slammed and this is what it's based on okay two is there are times when i do think she's brilliant and then th- at times i say i'm looking at renee zellberger Now, this is an unfair comparison, maybe, maybe not. But the same year on television, I saw one of the most transforming performances of all time in in, in, uh, Fosse-Verdon, where Michelle Williams just was absolutely incredible. So you're comparing an actress who played another actress versus an actress playing another actress, and Renee Zellweger doesn't hold a torch to Williams.
0: Okay. In defense of Renee Zellweger. Right. Uh, Michelle Williams still look like Michelle Williams. The difference is that we don't know Gwen Verdon as well as we know Judy Garland. Judy I, Garland is like amazingly indelible. Gwen Verdon is sort of. You I, I know. disagree. When really? I looked
2: at her, and in fact, there's even a Facebook thing when she's doing that scene from *Damn Yankees* side by side. You can't tell the difference.
0: Well, no, she's great.
2: I mean, I really, I really felt that. I looked at her. I did not know that was. I mean, if I didn't know I, yeah. that was Michelle Williams, I would just say. When Vernon's playing herself in this movie.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if, look, if every if everybody if everybody who makes a movie has to get compared to Michelle Williams, then then they're, then they're, I don't know if that's fair enough, trouble. but it's the yeah. same year, so unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it it's about her late in life. I've had people write to me say that I completely missed the point that she's supposed to sound bad. But you saw the movie. Are they trying to make it like Renelle Zellweger? can't you know is bad is she like going up there trying to sound bad as judy garland or is she just trying to it, it survive it was with I, you know like i didn't her even mind the singing
2: it was just i felt there was some exaggeration that shouldn't have been there and also that ending it was so silly
0: well the ending well, okay what the, part the, of the, the ending end? at the show oh with the somewhere over the rainbow
2: where there a I don't want to give away the spoiler, but it's where the, she has, she befriends these two strangers who are very sweet men.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, that that never happened. Never
2: happened. Never, never happened. happened. And I mean, and people are going, did that happen? Never happened. Never
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 that never happened. Well, good to know. I figured that didn't happen. But Do you know it, for it, sure it didn't happen? No,
2: not a hundred percent, but it never happened. It never <laughs> happened.
0: I know. I know. I feel the same. And it way. was just
2: sort of the whole thing. You were like going, no. So
0: Sub- I mean, she's she, it's, look, I I I like Renee Zellberg. I think she's a terrific right. actress, yeah. but she'd have to sound good as Judy Garland to sound bad as Judy Garland, if you know what I mean. I mean, Judy Garland, e- even if you say, oh well, it doesn't matter that Judy that she doesn't sound as doesn't sound as good as Judy Garland. Neither did Judy Garland, but Judy Garland sounded like. A, a bombed, magnific- magnificent city.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Renee Zellweger sounds like a perfectly acceptable, dingy, small town. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's I it's like, completely different. It, and, it's a different quality. And I
2: said, at times I would sit there and I didn't see Judy at all, I saw Renee. And that bothered me it a didn't, lot. I, that
0: doesn't bother I, me, it bothered me that me much. A lot. I mean, it
2: was no. a, a lot, very often I would go, I mean, even her eyes changed. I go, at least get the eyes right.
0: I, look, I don't. I just say, fine. I, it's too much mm-hmm. to expect us to believe that Renee Zellweger is Judy Garland. But 15 minutes in the, into the movie, it should be very possible to believe that Judy Garland has turned into Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that happens in a movie, but the problem is, is that just when you're saying, okay, yeah, Judy Garland is now Renee Zellweger, oh, she sings like Renee Zellweger, and then it's and then and then you're gone. Then it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. because everybody's going crazy about her, and you just don't believe, you just don't believe I that mean, this person did the singing. I, it's just the way I mean, it is. I
2: mean, I feel for because I agree with you. I've always liked her as an oh, actress, she's great. and I thought that you know her career, you know, unfortunately hit a dead spot. I don't know the exact reasons why. Forties, I guess. Um, the only other actress I can see right now, and the movie's getting so, so reviews, is, uh, Carmen, what's her name, Arrivo. the actress, the Broadway actress, she's playing Harriet Tubman.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. But I hear the movie
2: is, somebody said the movie is very, very, um, it's, it's very basic. Do you want to see it? Oh, yeah.
0: It's, it's tomorrow.
2: I can't go tomorrow, but I can go, I have another one I'm going to.
0: Maybe I won't see it tomorrow either. Uh, Oh, good,
2: then you can be. Uh, but, um. What's her name? Carmen? What's her name? Arrivo. Um, I can't think of her first name. Very good. Fantastic. Yeah, no, no, bro. She's I've one of the to Tony. Yeah, i But um, she's supposedly really good, but sometimes when you're really good at a bad movie or a mediocre movie, like Glenn Close and The Wife, as we all know, um, that, can, that can damage your chances. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. movie's actually getting rave reviews, and I don't know why. The actual movie, Judy. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, that's the problem and, with and that it's, also, it's also doing well.
2: It is doing well. Yes, yeah. it's doing extremely well.
0: Yeah, which, uh, which is also a surprise. What other movies do we have there, Lee? Because well, I've seen
2: a couple of documentaries I really like. One is about Linda Ronstadt, In Her Own Words, which oh, yeah? is absolutely terrific. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just drop this name, but our former editor, Meredith White, the beloved Meredith White, just texted me and emailed me and said how much she loved it. And I've seen it, so we cannot deny Meredith White's taste. <laughs> <laughs> And then I saw this movie called um, *It's Fiddler: Miracle of Miracles*. It's a documentary about the origins and the making of the musical *Fiddler on the Roof*. And it's—they should show this in every classroom that's dealing with musical theater. It's absolutely Sounds tremendous. Good. This, uh, uh, you know, it, it's just from the beginning to the end, things you didn't know, things you didn't. Learn. And it opened in Detroit. They hated it, and there were songs they were dropping. Jerome Robbins, of course, was—you know. It was horrible to work with yeah. and you made them do things and i mean it, it, of course open on broadway it was like what happened this is one of the greatest musicals of all time yeah. and the background of it too but what, what 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 brought this musical to life was just absolutely going all the way back to the shalom alecum days they didn't deal with zero mustel as much as i would have liked um because there's wonderful anecdotes i've heard about him but um other than that i just thought it was a Tremendous documentary Well
0: that's great And uh, what other movies Do you have over there On that list That Of movies That have um, come Oh out? Yeah,
2: Well that's, that's not just May, may give uh, Judy uh, Renee a, a run for her money
0: Oh um, What's that
2: the, the lady from Twilight
0: Oh Oh that's Mr. possible Stewart Yeah that That might happen That might happen The movie is not great It's just good We're talking about Seberg Yeah Determined you want to Seberg? tell
2: everybody who Seberg is?
0: Yeah, it's not opening yet. No, it I, hasn't opened yet. Yeah, but just because I saw it in Venice, right. you went yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about this, you know, later on. But it's Seberg is about Gene Seberg, the actress in in um, who was in uh, Breathless is most mostly known for that, and some other French movies, but also uh, some American f- movies, and it's really about how she got involved in politics and the FBI just wrecked her life and uh, eventually she you know she ended up dead when she was like 40 years old mm. under peculiar circumstances and that she, might have been suicide she might played Joan
2: have. of Arc didn't she
0: she played Joan of Arc and she had like third degree burns because of Pre- Otto Preminger the director chose to literally burn her at the stake and the fire got out of control mm. it's really crazy mm. um yeah. So, what other uh, we have
2: this movie, Lucy in the Sky? I had a question. Lucy in the Sky. You didn't yeah. know the incident. Is this the one where the woman, um, the astronaut, the female, is driving in the car for like twelve hours with a diaper? With the diaper.
0: Okay. It's based on that incident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on the of uh, the story of uh, Lisa Novak or Noack. She she was a um, she was a NASA astronaut. And within a year of her going on, I guess, a space shuttle flight, she got in trouble. The diaper thing, she denies. It's so it, it seems like that's like a, a, may have been an urban legend, but she definitely attacked her ex boyfriend's fiance in an airport. And this movie is sort of based on that, but everything's changed, including the name. Her name is Lucy, she has a different last name. All the circumstances are different. It takes place not like eight months after the flight, but like maybe a month after the flight. So it's like um, basically the movie's trying to come up with a a kind of a philosophical, airy notion that just being out in space and confronting the great emptiness and the great beyond has done something to her mind, has provoked a kind of uh, metaphysical crisis that has resulted in this kind of insane behavior and it stars natalie portman who's always fun and she's really she's very she's very good in the beginning of the movie as a hard-driving very career-oriented can-do sort of person and then she's very good towards the end of the movie as somebody who's cracking up who's going nuts who's become sexually obsessed and and obsessed in every possible way she's very good there too But you don't see how those are the same person. Mm -hmm. You don't see how they're the same person at all. Um, It's sort of like the problem with Godfather 2 and Godfather 3, only it's in one movie. You know, Pacino's totally good as Michael Corleone in one. He's totally good as Michael Corleone in the other. But the problem is those are are Mm -hmm. completely different guys. There's no way that's the same guy. And, and same thing with Nally Portman in this movie. And, and plus, it's boring. So I wouldn't see it.
2: It's interesting you bring that up because Ad Astra deals with the same thing about how space can mess around with your mind.
0: It's a James Gray movie. That's uh,
2: Yeah, it's beautiful to look yeah. at. Absolutely gorgeous. The storyline is – this is, again, where Brad Pitt is not playing White Trash. And as, as a result, you like want to like – the, the story is not very good. Mm-hmm. But the part with Tommy Lee Jones and the part with um, Donald Sutherland is very good.
0: You know, it's funny. Uh, re- that reminds me because I was, I was in Venice and pe- the way people talk in, in Europe. Mm. James Gray is known as like in Europe as one of the best directors in the United mm-hmm. States. Like when people talk about like I was talking to uh, Vincent Linden or Vincent Landon and he was like telling me. I don't really want to work in America, but if you know, one day the phone rang and it was, and you figure he's going to say Martin Scorsese. But he says, "And it's James Gray, and he wants to make a movie." <laughs> and for a second, I'm saying, oh, "Who's Who's James Gray?" <laughs> but that kind of thing that he mm-hmm. said, I heard like three other people in France and Italy say that for some reason they think he's the best director in the United States, or at least you know, right up there with the very best. Uh, and then we got a couple more. You have
2: Laundromat.
0: Laundromat. Yeah, that opens this week. That's uh, a Steven Soderbergh movie um about a money kind of a money laundering law firm based in panama but it's about all the horrible things that happen as a result like you know like you get insurance from a company and then the company sold to another company and the sometimes sold to another company and then you need to collect on the insurance and you have no insurance and not only that but nobody's responsible uh the movie is done it's kind of done in the style of the big short and it doesn't work mm. um for about twenty minutes, you think it does work, and it's going to be fun, and uh, but it's not. Uh, it's just you know, it's fun in patches. It, it's narrated by the two kind of unscrupulous lawyers, who in this case are played by Gary Oldman and um, Antonio Banderas, and it's um, it they are amusing, but eventually you begin to realize, and they and they and they step out of the movie to try to explain the different financial things, kind of like. You know, explaining it to the audience the way they did in the big short. But in this case, you don't understand anything they're talking about. You have no idea what they're talking about. And not only that, but you get a distinct feeling that they don't either, that the actors don't either. Uh, Meryl Streep is in it, kind of playing a fussy American Midwestern woman, and and, and it almost seems like a condescending portrayal. Not bad, but... She also has a double, she has a double role. I'll let you discover. You see the movie. It's kind of fun to realize, hold it. That's Meryl Streep. (laughs) I realized it right away. Mm -hmm. There was one, there was like about two minutes in. I didn't realize it right away. I realized it two minutes in. But there were people that at the end of the movie, she does a big reveal. She takes off her wig. She takes off her glasses, does this whole thing. And the whole audience starts laughing and, you know, but. But I, I caught it. Of course, you would have caught it in the first five maybe, seconds because you're, you're uh, kind of amazing. Okay,
2: okay. there's the death of somebody?
0: The death of Dick Long.
2: Dick Long. Yeah. It looks like Rich Levy, who I actually know a Rich Levy. About. Yeah,
0: I, th- I thought it was going to be the death, of, uh, it was the death of Dick Long. I thought it was going to be a movie about the untimely uh, death of Richard Long, the guy who, who was on, I think, Nanny and the Professor. I thought it would be a nice documentary. But actually, it's a, it's a movie that starts off, As a kind of a redneck farce about guys trying to cover up a crime, and they are the the stupidest people in the world. I mean, if they're any stupider, they'd be on like CNN waving their cell phone. (laughs) You know, I mean, you just these guys are like suicidal in Mm -hmm. terms of uh, their self-preservation instinct. Uh, And so it's a nice farce, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what got into somebody's mind, but it becomes a drama. It becomes a drama. I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if if it's if, if it's the writer just tanked his own movie, or it could be the director tanked the the screenwriter's movie because it's directed by the guy who directed Swiss Army Man, which was one of absolutely the worst movies of 2016. <laughs> Did you see that Swiss Army Man? Did you like it, Peter? No, it was just awful. It was about. It was about, it was, about a, it was it was, uh, it, was uh, it was it was about a guy talking to a decomposed corpse oh. the whole time oh yeah I yeah, remember that re- I don't think I said you remember the review yeah uh. yeah. oh goodness yeah it was the guy from Harry Potter and that's one I from- didn't
2: have to watch yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I did see parts of. I yeah. take it back. I did.
0: Yeah. And Paul Dano and yeah. uh, the young man from. Yeah, but, from the, Harry yeah, but definitely. I
2: definitely remember what's his name. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh that's wow.
0: It. Yeah, that was bad. It's did you? By back. the way, that reminds me. Speaking of de- decomposing, did you see that horrible movie that was at the Jewish Film Festival?
2: No. Um, oh, oh, I know which one. Last year, not this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. There last was year. One
2: with um, with, um, um
0: uh, Matthew Broderick, yeah, Matthew Broderick, and the guy
2: who was in uh, Son of Saul, yeah, the guy from Son of Saul. I hated that movie. Oh, it's
0: garbage! I can't believe it. Uh, no, I don't believe, I can't believe they programmed. You know, I mean, it was, it's
2: not like that, but they got good reviews. Just crazy. I hated that movie. It was, that, was that disgusting. Movie.
0: It was all about decomposition the whole movie, and not only that, but it even it made no sense in terms of character. It was it was pure well, it did, unbelievable garbage. Well, if you know the
2: Jewish religion, it made some sense about the burial part. But as I said, it was but, just watching. It was like why?
0: Why would and why would Matthew Broderick do it anyway? it's just terrible. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and then yeah. Movie, let's
2: let's do something with Mrs. D- I don't know. Let's,
0: let's oh, that's let's lead with this that's in other words it's telling you ask me about oh that i first. see never mind yes <laughs> so we didn't right.
2: as a result <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: no, well we did sort of i said let's leave with the joker so okay. we did we sort of led with joker anyway we're back, we're back. liba so you were in new york
2: i was in new york and actually i was in normandy and london
0: normandy uh, before that oh very nice
2: um, we, we didn't overlap so i went first and mick went second yeah so i was in normandy and london and then I just came back from New York and Michigan.
0: Nice being uh, retired.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. I was uh, yeah. I had Except a, for the I had
2: fact a... I'm getting all of these calls from Medicare people wanting to get my business, and I'm already taken care of. I already took care of the Medicare. Yeah. And it's like I have to turn my phones off. It's, oh, it's oh, like at one anything? point I had five in a row.
0: I don't get those phone calls, but I guess Yet. I will in a few years. The phone calls I get is this is the phone call I get. I get this three times a day. Hi um we're doing uh, painting for mrs davis right down the road and since we're in the neighborhood we'd like to give you an estimate on <laughs> something but everybody's doing work for mrs davis so i don't think she exists anyway oh,
2: i get them all i get the carpet cleaners oh, i get the uh, the 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 air duct cleaners i get the
0: air duct thing but do yep. you get the do you how about the people who want to sell you an oil well
2: I haven't gotten that, but I've gotten the fact that my computer and then you tell them I know you're a scam and they like actually curse at you and hang up the phone.
0: I'm (laughs) I'm on some kind of crazy phone list for wealthy investors. Ah. I don't know how I got on this thing, Uh. but it wasn't in the usual way, obviously. And they they call me up and they say, do I want to buy a diamond mine? Do I want to buy an oil well? Do I want to invest in this stuff? And I just say to them, you know, (laughs) it's like, this is hopeless. uh, You
2: know what just happened is, and I'm not gonna say which party, one of the parties that I'm in favor of keeps sending me messages about donating money now, or or answering a survey, or whichever. I did that four years ago and discovered it's the stupidest thing you could ever do because they just bombard you with emails.
0: Oh, if you give them money? Yeah,
2: no, not even give them money. If you just respond to any of their emails, they fill out the survey or just say yes, I believe in your cause.
0: Oh yeah yeah. And
2: so I, they're now coming in like like in overdrive and it's like. No. From the, you, so
0: you're getting you're getting phone calls for different political candidates?
2: From po- actually, I'm getting from I'm mostly getting from I'll tell you afterwards. I'm mostly getting from one. Yeah. Very famous candidate who I think is representing the party that we're talking about.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I actually'm i getting two now. It's been added on. I got another one from a different one.
0: Okay. Well, I, yeah, I haven't gotten any, I haven't gotten any, yeah. any of the Because I ones. think,
2: I don't know, I, I don't know why, but I think someone asked you what's your party affiliation. Don't ever answer that question. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, all right. So, Liba. Thank you very much, and uh, I guess that's about it. We'll come back in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about some more of these things. Uh, we have—I'll um, just tell you—you know—preview of coming attractions: of the lighthouse. Oh boy, is that bad! Oh. Ooh, ooh, is that rough? Anyway, uh, but that's it for now. So anyway. F- do you want to say goodbye, Leba?
2: I'm going to say goodbye. And just remember to tune in next week or three weeks or four <laughs> months from now for...
0: Another wonderful episode of Movies with Mick LaSalle. I'm Mick LaSalle. See you later.
1: You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thanks to Mick LaSalle and Liba Hertz. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producers are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is Midnight Special by Ease Jammy Jams. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.